everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by Cody Pastor, Alison Grunendijk. God, that's just our greatest desire this morning, is that you come and you'd move among us. You would come and pour out your love on us, that you would speak, you would move in our hearts and in our lives, and that we would leave from this place changed people who can carry a message of hope out to the world. God, we know you're here already. Continue to show up and love on us this morning. Amen. Awesome. Good morning, guys. You can have a seat. My name is Allison. I am one of the lead pastors here, along with my husband, Amos, or Amos, as most of you know him. Um, happy Fourth of July. It's fun to have this holiday land on a Sunday, and um, today we just get to do something a little bit different than normal church, and I'm becoming more and more convinced maybe this is just what it should look like more often. Uh, But we've just decided to dedicate this day to praying for each other. And um, when I asked God what does he want to say to us and how we, we set this up, he said, I want you as a church to live into being a prophetic community. And I know that uh, right away when I say prophetic community, like a lot of red flags go up for us. We have a lot of ideas about what it might mean to be prophetic. So before we get started here, I just want you to know uh, what I don't mean by prophetic is like being a fortune teller or trying to interpret current events in the world in such a way that we can like predict what the stock market's doing. Um, All these kind of wacky things that we see happening that people are calling prophecy, uh, that that's actually not at all the heart of Jesus when he is speaking to his church about how to live out the gifts of the Spirit and how they come to us. And so I just want to read some scripture to you this morning. Uh, out of 1 Corinthians, and I was just going to read a snippet, but it's so good, so I'm going to read a little bit more to set this up for us. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. This is 1 Corinthians 14, and then we're going to jump back to chapter 13. But this is Paul's exhortation to the church in Corinth. He says, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And so this text follows uh, another famous text on love uh, in chapter 13. And like I said, it's so good. I just want to soak us in this scripture this morning before we get to doing the work with each other. So hear these words in chapter 13. 
holding in mind this idea of prophecy as you listen to this, okay? Chapter 13 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. And then he goes on to this famous passage that's read in a lot of weddings. Again, but I want you to hear this thinking about prophetic words, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, how we speak over each other as a community. Listen to it that way. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And this can be a little bit dizzying to us as we listen because Again, Paul is talking about love, love, love. Love is the only thing that's going to remain. Love is going to be uh, the bedrock of all you do. And so, you know, prophecy is going to cease. And if you don't speak prophecy and love, then you're just noisy. You're just making noise with the instrument that you've been given. That's essentially what he's saying. But I love here that Paul says, in the lens of love, we can properly understand how to speak these words of prophecy to each other. And when it's done in love, as all those descriptors were listed, with patience. When we pray, we pray with patience. When we pray, we pray with kindness. When we pray, we're not praying to get something out of it for ourselves. It's not self-seeking. When we pray, uh, it is for, as it says right here, the encouragement of someone else, the strengthening of someone else and the comfort. And I just want us to know this morning as we do this work together, because we're going to jump in pretty soon. It's going to be so much fun. Um, Prophecy is not some secret that God has given you that then you're going to like share with somebody so that it kind of creates this like in crowd and out crowd. Like those who can hear from God and speak his words and then those who can't do it. That is not what we're talking about here today. Prophecy is not secret keeping. It is the letting out of what God is already declaring. And that is that the kingdom of God is at hand. It is near. And it's also that it's still coming, that it's delayed. So it's both of those things. And this is what Jesus spent his life doing. It's what he spent his time teaching his disciples to do. And 
honestly, in enduring this brutal death and then defeating death in resurrection, Jesus is giving us a model of how to pray. We don't ignore the pain and the grief and the sorrow and the hardships that are in our world. I don't think I have to ask any of you, like, do you think that heaven has fully come right now on this earth? I sure hope not, right? Because we see racism, we see riots, we see social injustice of all kinds, we see disease, death, poverty. This is not heaven on earth right now. And yet, in the person of Jesus, heaven and earth have just permanently been joined together because he defeated death. And so when we pray in the vineyard, that's why we talk about the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Like, God's gifting, his wholeness, his healing, his words of wisdom and encouragement are available to us right now. And there's always more to come. It's just a crazy, fun space. We, we bring our grief to our prayers, right? Because grief is actually the opposite of what the culture says that you do with your pain. Culture says just numb it, stuff it down, live in denial, you're fine, get over it, and no, when we look at the life of Jesus, he was in anguish, he was deeply grieved, he died, but then he resurrected. So when we pray, we're bringing our real pains, our real struggles into the presence of a community who can speak the truer word over our life, right? We're actually asking, like, God, would you come and bring the future into the present moment? That's what we're doing when we pray. And so there's just this invitation this morning, like, church, go ahead and live into the future that is promised to you. Go ahead and live inside of mercy. Go ahead and live inside of forgiveness right now. You know why? Because in the end, mercy and forgiveness get the final word. That is what, that is what we're promised. Why do we offer hospitality to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to the poor? We do it because ultimately, the final reality is God saying, you think you're all hosting in your communities? I'm the true host. I set the banquet table for you. I feed you. I give you all the goodness of heaven, and that's why we do it. Why do we try to listen to people who have different opinions than us? Why do we make space for people we disagree with? Why have we been working on this as a community? It's because... The ultimate reality is there will be people in heaven of every political persuasion, every language, every skin color, and God is saying you can live into the future by being a reconciling community now, by pursuing reconciliation with the people that you have animosity with right now. That's why we do it. It's not because we want to say we're morally superior or in some way we are earning God's favor. It's not about that. It's about saying we are foreshadowing as a group of people the kingdom to come, what God is already doing and what he's up to forever and ever and ever, eternally, right? Why do, when I'm hurt and offended, why do I go to you and say let's make it right? Because in heaven, I'm going to be able to fully love myself in ways that I can't right now. And I'm going to be fully loved, just as you love me, God loves me, and I love myself. That's my actual reality in the future. And so that's why we do this work in prayer of reconciliation, in those spaces where we say, I'm too angry, I'm too bitter, I'm too hurt, I won't go there. 
we say, no, come Holy Spirit and put back together what was broken. That is what we're doing in these spaces. Amen. Yeah, right? And, and we do this in community, guys, because the reality is I don't hold all of the truth in my one person, right? You have a piece of truth for me. You have a piece of reality for me. I, don't, I can't mirror and, and see the world wholly by myself. We need each other. And honestly, God has dreams for you and for me that I can't see for myself. You know, I have so many times I have been really, really scared to dream something big um, just because it seems risky or just absurd, and I'll get prayer for my headache, and then suddenly someone's praying this crazy dream that I did not dare to speak out, and now they're praying it over my life. I don't know if that's happened to any of you, but it is, it's a wild thing. We get to stand in the gap with each other and say, I see who you are now, and I see who you're becoming in the future, and I'll stand with you in the gap and help you get there. Or here's what's going on right now, but here's the future that's promised. And in prayer, we stand in the gap together with each other, and we say, come, Holy Spirit, and show up. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you, if this is new to you, if you're not sure what it feels like to receive a word from God or a picture or maybe feel a pain in your body. Um, I just feel like this is a safe place this morning to take risks. We don't have the live stream turned on, okay? We're not performing for anybody. We're coming together as a family to bless and encourage and strengthen and comfort, and that's what God wants to do this morning. And so often I'll hear something that seems super silly or irrelevant, and I'll be tempted to be like, I'm not gonna share that, that makes no sense. And sometimes it changes people's lives, right? Like you can get a word, makes no sense to you, but when you have courage, speak it out, they're like, I now have an answer to something really big and I'm gonna change my trajectory and go this other direction. So just be encouraged that in a family, we all get to contribute. God has actually deposited something in you that is worth sharing. And, and I know there are some of us who are having a really hard time believing that in this room, and I just know that God wants to come and break that off this morning. So, the last thought as I was reading those um, scriptures is that idea of symbols and clanging gongs and just the noise of what we can do sometimes <laughs> in churches uh, was hitting me that when we offer our words in love, when we're really submitted to what the Spirit is doing, actually what's happening in me as an individual gets resonated out throughout the community. Isn't that cool? Like when I share, I'll come to Leslie and I'll say, I think this is what God is doing in me. And as I share it, she begins to resonate and our, our hearts kind of resonate together. And we say, yes, God, do that, do that more. And then we go find another friend and we say, hey, guess what Leslie and I were talking about? I go and tell Ed. And I say, hey, this is what's happening. And Ed, Ed's heart and his spirit begins to resonate. And I just love that picture that I felt like God said, you guys are an orchestra. You all have a part to play. And when you do this together in community, it's not just noisy, it's beautiful. It's this beautiful symphony. And you know, that happened when we were practicing for worship this week. I came in, I had a terrible headache. The team said, we're gonna pray for you, Allison. So we started practice an hour late because we were just praying for the whole first hour of practice. And the Spirit of God came and he spoke words that 
I didn't tell them about my life or what was going on, and it was true. And then we just spent time praying for this moment, this moment where we're all gathered today to say, come God, let's, let's really encounter you. And so I just feel like there's an invitation this morning from God to recalibrate. You know, we've, it's been a wacky year. We haven't been able to be together. But God is saying, you can recalibrate. Tune your instruments, essentially. Tune your instruments to love. Tune to each other. And begin to just reverberate my goodness and my healing and my peace and all the things I want to do. And you know, in the vineyard, we like to pray, come Holy Spirit. Hopefully that's a, a phrase that you've heard a lot. There's nothing magical about it. And in fact, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we are saying, uh, God, come and do what you want to do. And so there's an element of asking for surprise. <laughs> We're asking to be surprised. We're asking to be uh, brought into the mystery of what he's doing. And there's some unpredictability in that. And I love that God sometimes shows up big and bold, and sometimes he shows up small and subtle. And all of it is beautiful. All of it is good. We don't manipulate. We don't put hype on people. We don't tell God what he's going to do. We say, come, we're going to partner with you, and we're going to watch you do your beautiful work among us. So... As we sing together now, we're just going to spend some time in worship. And I, I know God's already speaking, and I just trust that he's going to continue to do that as we worship. Uh, we're just going to ask God to come and do what he wants. And then after the worship set, I'll come back up, give some instructions, and we're just going to see where it goes from here. So yeah, come on up, worship team. Uh, let's pray for this time. Uh, as we just kind of center our hearts in the middle of God's love for us today. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.